Good morning, Vietnam. Happy Earth Day. Leap Year Day, Maudience. Happy. F- this is the Herald and Modcast reporting live from Leap Year. And so we have an extra 24 hours, which is cool. We're in the future by 24 hours. <laughs> is that how it works? No. Yep. Because we traveled. What if you travel on a leap year from one time zone to another? Do you go back in time to Marty McFly? That's too much for me to figure out as jet lagged as I am right now. I'm jet lagged too. My lag's been all jetted out. I know. It's a bummer. I'm all jet. We all really sound like. Yeah, we are just getting back from our trip to Ireland and London audience maudience the countries of ireland and grunden (laughs) we went we had an amazing trip there are a lot if you follow our social uh streams you'd see the cool pictures of many a cool place we ventured to many a cool shit face drunken experience Uh, there wasn't that shit face drunk mostly drunk i was drunk (laughs) most of the time probably never got as drunk as i was on this trip no completely wasted (laughs) don't even remember half of what happened i hope that's not true because there's a lot of cool things to remember well i do remember getting fucking horribly sick yeah, we were both sick on the trip, which sucks. Sick for the whole trip. Yeah, we were sick the whole trip, but we kind of powered through it. Well, we were never uh, like bedridden sick, which worked out okay. Like, like one we night, I was semi bedridden. I was never, yeah, uh, but were. I was really sick. I yeah. was coughing up junk the whole time. I know, sneezing, blowing my nose. You know when you blow your nose so much that you start to get that dry, cracked skin Lovely. like around your nostrils, and it's really unsightly and yeah. painful. And it starts to like soar up. Yeah, and it's, like, nah, we don't need tender to, to nah, the touch. And no, thank you. You got boogers. <laughs> we don't need to get into that. And then you're like pooping. No, we're not. We're making poo. Hey, shout out to John Deal because shout out to he is our friend who was stuck in a Moscow. What was it? Airport. The airport. Burger King. Burger King he in Moscow. In, he slept in a Moscow Burger King overnight. Yeah, he met us in London. We we saw him in London, and he w- had to come from Japan, and he flew for some reason on a Moscow Russian, Russian airline. Russian airline, by the way, is notorious for falling out of the fucking sky. Yeah, what was up with that, John? I'm sure that wasn't your doing. Well, what about that hockey team? The whole team died. They were like yeah, a- American yeah. guys. They were playing on a Russian team in a Russian league, and the plane was so old that it just it fucking just crashed out crashed. of the sky, and they're all dead. And the poor, the poor guy John here is like <laughs> John, taking a, a one-way ch- ticket. And then what happened? Well, I guess the snow was so bad that his flight got grounded. He got grounded, and but the point of the shout-out is because he said that our podcast got him through that experience. He's so. also said that he listens to every single episode. Which is crazy. Which is, nobody does that. Yeah, we love you, John. Yeah, much love. Booyakasha. <laughs> Big up. Hey, speaking of that, uh, the Oscars was last night. Yeah, we got a lot to talk we about. We have a lot to we talk about. We gotta go in steps. We gotta go in phases or I'm gonna get lost and bored and then I'm gonna go take a nap. Or <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna start off with our trip to Ireland, which we arrived on February 14th, Valentine's Day. 
and we got to the Shannon dinky little airport on the west coast of Ireland and had to rent a car and drive on the wrong side of the road. That was a first for me since I did the majority. Yeah, you did. If not 99% of all the yeah, driving, which was you fun. Did. To be honest, after like, you know, an afternoon, you kind of get the hang of it. The hardest part is remembering which side of the, the street or road to stay on when you're making a turn. Mm. Outside of that, uh, it's pretty fun and the little the, the but the one thing about the countryside of Ireland the roads are really narrow so narrow there's no shoulder on either side because it's Scary. literally country scarily narrow yeah and uh and initially like I was really riding the shoulder but there is none so like any rocks or anything you like hit <laughs> it and like I was just trying not to, to ride the center lane because I just felt like there'd be an instant head-on collision you're driving and someone's coming yeah. directly you, towards that you that could happen it could happen so easily it could so, happen I, so easy. I chose to ride the outer edge which but, drove me crazy a little but, bit well that's because as a passenger you kept almost hitting well the there's side. nothing else i can do I like you're looking at either side it's either like it was, it was get scary. hit a car head on or like or ride the, the shoulder wall. a little bit and brush up against some bushes or a stone uh, you know, wall a stone wall or there's, well there was one night because we were taking all this irish cold medicine which is by the way would not be regulated in well, the like States. Well, like UK cold it's medicine. so strong. Well, but we got... First stuff we got in Ireland, it was so much stronger. And I took like two of them. They have like a different FDA or something. Yeah. So it's different regulations. I took two pills. I guess I should have taken one. Well, you didn't and know. And had uh, whiskey. A nervous breakdown. No. And literally on the way back from uh, Ennis Tymon, we'll, we'll talk about where we met Willie Daly... I was literally tripping. I was almost like feeling like I was having like an acid trip or something. And so we were driving. It was so Well, because you drank some whiskey at the bar and yeah. we were doing the interview and like we were finished, but I wanted to like hang out a little bit. Like we got to go. And I thought you were like getting a bad vibe. I was starting to or trip. Something, but you're like, we got to go. And I'm like, what do you mean? We're <laughs> well, just having fun. Well, there was fun. a weird vibe in there. We'll talk well, about Well, it was that. weird. And then it opened up and it became all Irish homey. But yeah. initially there's that like Irish fucking like pushback of like who the fuck are you yeah. you know and it's like, <laughs> like funny it's funny i mean that's okay it's their town it's their bar it's their place they're yeah. there every night who the fuck are we and this you know? was the country i and mean the really country of the country yeah it was awesome but so we get we arrive in doolin and we stayed at a lovely b&b um that i i, I can't pronounce the name of it and that's horrible we should look up how to well, pronounce it's super that. gaelic it's extremely yeah. hard to pronounce it's not like we don't understand how to fucking say words for god's sakes it's extremely difficult the irish language. yeah it is extremely it's, difficult it doesn't make i hate to say it but it makes no sense to me because when you hear it you well, can't even like tie it to anything like you siobhan know. the name siobhan is like s-i-o-b-h-a-n-h-r yeah you fucking yeah you know, no it's definitely it, it's extremely it, difficult like saoirse ronan is s-a-o-r-i-s-e right. saoirse that's it's, like soarzy well siobhan it's funny if you grew up in boston you grew up with irish names so you kind of like some of them you know but then when you get there and you listen to some speak irish you're like what the hell well there was a, we were at the one hotel and there's like people in line with me we had the, the breakfast buffet thing and they're speaking irish and you think it's some crazy language and then yeah, they're like oh i'll just have the regular irish breakfast and they're speaking perfect english in yeah. an irish accent. but the irish language is like so hard to discern you're like what the hell language is that yeah and they're speaking it fluently it's almost like a dead language like latin or something you know it's what it sounds like it's yeah. So old. Like. You know, it was interesting, though, because there was this great DJ that we listened to driving uh, who talked, who did this talk show, and he had people call in about 
It, it was like happened talk to be radio. the Irish national elections while it we were wasn't there. really like a DJ like music. No, like, no, 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 it was yeah. like a talk radio. Well, he did play some music, but it was like a talk. It was talk radio, and he he was asking people if people they call cared. In. Yeah, they'd if, call in and say, you know, they'd ask questions. People would call in and give a response. He was asking if they cared if the politicians spoke Irish because it was a national elections. And it became a thing, apparently, that they all have to speak Irish, and some of them don't. And so it was kind of, he was basically saying, Should why do we have to speak this language anymore? Well, because no one else in the world speaks it. Right. It's not like a language you can take with you, mm. like Spanish or Chinese or fucking French, for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean, it's like no one in the world speaks it. Apparently, they spend annually, nationally, like a billion dollars to sort of keep the language implemented, taught the, by yeah, people, uh-huh. teachers. I don't know where the Promoted, money Promoted, all of that. Yeah, who knows where it's really money's going? Who knows politically what, what the fuck is going on? But yeah, he was making a point, like, would you would your vote be deterred by someone whether or not they could speak both languages fluently? And and it's a, a complicated answer, though, because remember, with, like, there was a guy we met in Liz Varna, and we asked about that, and he sort of did this thing where he said, ah, the Irish answer a question with the question, which is so true. Yeah. But he kind of danced around it, and I noticed all the people on the phone call calling in also danced around it. They kind of said... Well, they they'd say they never commit to an actual answer. Well, they committed like they yeah they they wouldn't they would like you know it's important for tradition and you don't want to lose our Irish tradition and they're you know Irish proud people which is good they should yeah. be proud but then at the same time they're like nobody speaks it you know and like a lot of the kids they take it in school and they just drop it immediately like no you know outside yeah. well there's some people I guess I did over here speaking it but I'm sure that's a very small percentage of the population yeah, i'd be curious to hear what the percent i mean there was a channel dedicated to it tv all programming in irish and it was i gotta tell you it's like you were saying it's weird to listen to it's incredible it's it's, it's very strange because especially when it, the people look so modern it really yeah. sounds like an ancient language it does and you're just like whoa and it's like a newswoman in a like business casual skirt uh, you know and like speaking irish i can't even it's like it sounds like a, a tolkien language it yeah. sounds like elven yeah except even but worse yeah actually elvish in tolkien is less weird sounding you can almost make sense of it yeah you can almost make sense irish is intense yeah and just the 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 way it's written is really intense it's like what the fuck yeah like holy shit man it's interesting though it is interesting the roots of it like their their history you know but I mean, I was so we stayed at this Ben Beck breakfast in Doolin. Uh, Dimfa and Brian were the owners, and they were wonderful people. And not only were they so wonderful, that listen, this is what they did for us. We happened to be there when the mid-season premiere of Walking Dead was happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we weren't going to see it, and they f- made it happen for us. Well, they they found it. They found it on television because I don't know what channel it's on in Ireland. For it was God's like sakes. a Fox channel, and they like we had TV in the room, but it didn't. We didn't know how to find it, and so we literally like came back from a day of being out in the countryside, and we said that it was on, and they're like, "Oh, we'll look for it in the TV yeah. guide," and then like we came back to like, "Oh, we found it," but we had they had a TV in like the common room. And they said that they found it on that television, so we ended up like getting food and eating it there and watching the show and not missing it. Oh, I, I missed it because I had to go get the food and it took fucking you, ever. Well, you missed a few minutes. I missed like the opening, yeah, but just not a big deal. And to be honest, 
I don't even really remember that episode. Super tough. Well, like, the the you missed the opening when Daryl and Abraham blow up Negan's guys. Oh yeah, yeah. You which said is a that. cool opening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds cool. It was like one of the cooler moments. But yeah, I they, need to go back and watch really the whole thing again. Yeah. But, the, I mean, it was super cool that they did this because they had to essentially stay up for us because we were sitting in their, like, kind of breakfast room, and we brought our food there, so they uh, facilitated all that. Yeah, yeah the food was, like, all to-go packaging and stuff, and they were like, yeah, there was a very – everyone was very accommodating, yes. we should say. All, like, the store owners, restaurateurs, the in the shopkeepers mm-hmm. and shit, like, all the bartenders, people were very accommodating and professional. Yes. Like, they take their job seriously, they take their profession seriously, and they take hospitality seriously. Very you know? seriously. And warm, like, warm people. Inviting, accommodating. Yeah, like, we went to the Cliffs of Moore, and uh, it was a wonderful day for it. We should say, yeah, like it's so close to where we were staying, and it was a beautiful. The weather was, you know, inconsistent, but on the nice days, we got these incredible days, yeah, with beautiful like clouds and blue sky and the sun, and there'd be like cold winds, right? But outside of that, it was like a freaking summer day in L.A. almost. Yeah, because this is February in Ireland. Yeah, and so, <laughs> so we we packed for it. We were like packing yeah. layers and water resistant this, and I wore like shout out to Rockport shoes and shout out to Gore-Tex. Yeah, Gore-Tex. The, the material Gore-Tex because it's like the perfect traveling material. It mm. looks like leather. It's 100% water resistant. It's extremely durable. You can clean it off with a freaking paper towel. Which the guy, our our Brian, our host at Doolin, like, took, helped me out. Well, because down. What happened was, like, after, you're walking through these trails on the cliffs and I guess it had rained the night before and there becomes these sort of like large, giant like pools of water that like sort of obstruct the trail mm. and it's all muddy and slippy and all these people from France are wearing like white Air Jordans that and was shit. So funny. That was so funny because <laughs> they were all like geared out and like looking really like super cool like Metro like so urban. Cool. Well they were dressed all urban like they were going to be in city travel. I was yeah. like dude you're in the fucking middle of nowhere Ireland. Why are you dressed <laughs> this way with your hip shoes covered in mud? <laughs> covered in mud you know and i i sort of took it upon myself to try to go as far as i could down the cliffs and really get a good look and there was like this slate rock quarry at one part and stuff Mm. so i set to see a lot more of it and there was these areas where it's completely like sunken through with mud and some people yeah and some people had the like uh you know the rubber boots up to their knee and they just sort of trudged through it but everyone Mm. else is sort of stepping into the on like one side it's it's all mud and then on the other side it's a fucking edge of a cliff so you know so it's really like treacherous like you know yeah, you gotta be there. cool no you, you like you, you wouldn't have made it anyway with your injuries and stuff yeah. like after a point it got really sort of hairy and there was points where i'm like i had to hop the f- there's like the sort of barrier fence and like once i'd be completely rained out so i'd have to hop over again and hop back over what? yeah it was wild it was wild and like i was coming back and i sort of took the cliff side of the one like mudded out trail and then i couldn't get back to the walking trail because i kind of got to the edge and i was the edge like how what do you when you say edge how close are people to literally falling people off the side s- of the cliff well, there's people like sitting on the edge and stuff what? yeah like taking a picture with their, he- with their legs hanging yeah, yeah. no and what if it just like mudslide i don't know People would fall into like uh, 50, 250 feet of wa- into the crashing way higher waves. Than that. Or five, yeah. it was extremely high. Yeah, and it's beautiful up there too. It's extremely beautiful, but there's no fence or barrier. Like if you fall, that's your ass, man. You're done for. 
And there's huh? even a little shrine that says dedicated to all the people that have lost their lives in the cliffs of Moher. Whoa. Yeah, like in that area. And so I'm hopping back and I'm on the cliffside and I tried to hop back and I'm like, I got to be careful not to like kind of, I have to try to hop the mud and not fall backwards off of the fucking cliff. And so I'm like hopping and ah. I slip and I like land and I totally put my one foot down and just ate, like my whole shoe got covered in mud. And like luckily it didn't get on my pants, but I almost fell. And had What I, do you mean fell? I mean, I would have fallen into a giant pit of mud. Oh, okay. I wouldn't have fallen off the side, but I would have been fucking covered from head to okay. toe in mud. And I was like, step, step, been... slip. I slipped and then I just planted my one foot and granted my shoe just got coated. Yeah. But everything else on me was clean and dry. So I was like, phew. Like, I would have been embarrassed, one. Two, I would have been covered in mud. Three, we would have to go back to the fucking bed and breakfast and be like, do you guys have laundry? <laughs> Look at me, I'm a mess. And I, how will we get in? I have to sit in the car? Would I have to just take all my clothes off to get into yeah. the rental car? You know? Maybe. And so, like, I was, like, really, <laughs> like, boom. And I stuck my foot in, like, I just had to, like, you know, yeah. eat it on the shoe. But then, like, I kind of climbed back over and got back onto the trail side. Okay. But it was close, man. But then when I got back, this my one shoe was covered in mud. Mm. My other shoe was really muddy, too. And I almost fell, and I was holding my hat in my hand, and I put my hand down. And the hat almost got really muddy, but I, like, it was all, like, a balancing act, man. Well, thank God you have good balance. Because I got to tell you, I was, so I was, there's a whole, it, the where, where Jake went, it was up the biggest hill, it was like the biggest cliff, but you can walk up another area and take pictures. And there's like stone the, stairs. Yeah, there's like and a, then there's like a, what was that? Like a fort or something. There was like some old little castle. Yeah, there's like a castle. You can walk up there. So I walked up to that part and then you wanted to go up to the high cliffs and I was like, mm, no. Well, after a point, you wouldn't like, have been able to go can't even. do it because I yeah. have like freaking broke my knee a few years ago and I Knees just can't do it. Knees and your back's yeah, bad back, shit. yeah. yeah. So I went to their little coffee shop area, and then I was sitting outside. And you were gone for a long time. I wanted like to make it hour. to the end of the cliffs, and I got almost there. And then I saw him like that would take me like as I kind of came around a bend because I there's like a lighthouse at the very edge oh, there of the is? cliffs, and I wanted to get to that lighthouse. Yeah. Then I, when I came around this bend. There was still like one cliff, two cliff, three cliff. I'm like oh, that'll Lord. take me another hour. That would have killed you. And then another hour come two hours to come back. And I'm yeah, like, fuck, fuck it. No. Yeah, that you would have been you. waiting. It would have well, been like four o'clock. We had other things we wanted yeah, to do. Yeah, thank God you decided that because as it was, it was like an hour. Yeah, it and was. I it was, was worth it. Though. I got well. That's cool. I got to admit, I got started to get nervous that About you me. fell off the cliff. No, <laughs> no, I'm serious. I started to get nervous. That you hadn't gotten back, and then my mind started going, uh, oh my yeah. God, what if something, like, yeah, he's I, not coming back, like, it's a cliff, yeah. what if he, fa-? like, I started to get legitimate, funny. like, and just as I started to get to that nervous, nervous, you, I thought you were back. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I, I had to turn back, and the other thing was, I was wearing, like, heavy clothes, because I thought it was yeah. be so cold, and then I, I was still, like, running, I wanted to get exercise, Oh, when you too. came back, you were so hot. I was so yeah, sweaty. Was funny. I had to strip down to just, like, my shirt, right. and I was, like, the coat was kind of sweaty, I was like, oh, oh. I mean, it was a nice day, but right. you know, when you know when you're like really well insulated and yep. you're kind of hot, and that's like almost worse than just being out in the sun, yeah. hot, and sweaty. You it know? was still. I mean, it was a beautiful day, and it was, but it was a little chilly. But I mean, it was super manageable. It wasn't like yeah, like, yeah. like you said, we were prepared. I mean, we had the right coats, the right shoes, Pants the right and layers, shit, everything. scarves, hat. I had that 
wicked hat, the yeah. winter hat, and the ball cap hat, like yeah. anything, you know. We had everything. Gloves and shit. Yeah, we really wanted to like not fuck around with this weather because it is so spotty. And they said you could have all the seasons in 24 hours. Yeah, it's like we kind of did. You yeah. can, yeah, totally. It's like freezing cold, there's rain, yep. and then the sun comes out and it's sunny, you know. Wind. We had all that hard the whole wind. trip. Yeah, we definitely wind. hit it all. So we, we so dueling was great. There was this wonderful pub next door to our B&B called Fitzpatrick's. Yeah, we had like the great best stew. Irish stew they had there. An Irish Guinness stew or whatever it was. And it was. That was so good. We were so tired and so hungry. And it was just like, it was like a warm pub with beer. They made their own beer. So I tried their stout. And mm. It was real. It was like a red amber ale or something. It was amazing. It's so cool to go to a pub like that. And like, you know, you think, oh, I'll just have a Guinness. And they're like, well, we, you know, like yeah. really try their stuff. They brew their own beer in the pub, for God's sakes. You got to try that. I know. And it's like 10 yards from our. Yeah, just walk. And the food <laughs> was so walked. good, man. The stew was like, they do it where they take the stew and they put a like a sort of scoop of mashed potatoes in the center of the stew. Yeah, that was fantastic. So good. And it's, you know, I'll say this because I think that Ireland and England get a bad rap and Scotland for the cooking. But, I mean, they what they do really well is Irish food. Traditional Irish food. Well, they it's like do hearty, really well. home eating, like good eating stuff. Stew, shepherd's pie, all that kind of stuff. And then they have this thing they call the, we call the full Irish, full Irish breakfast, which mm-hmm. at, at all the places we stay, they offer, they a full offer Irish. it. They give us the full Irish. And so it's. Two things of bacon and not our bacon. Like no, it's like ham. a back bacon. Yeah, big slices of ham practically cooked. Two sausages, then two uh, link sausages. The pudding, and then two like is, puddings. But to them, us, we think pudding. There, it's like a slice of blood sausage with barley right. that's sliced into these little circle patties kind yeah, of thing. Very delicious. Then eggs. Beans in in England, not in Ireland, but no, a tomato, a and that to- was it. A and toast, tomato. and then you can get sautéed on or t- mushrooms. Sometimes. Right, you can get sautéed mushrooms, and then they offer also like muesli-ish cereal and yogurt, and Muesli- toast, and endless toast. toast. The bread, well, brown bread, the bread the in soda Ireland. Bread. Oh my god, that was one of the best things. Was just like the homemade soda bread. It so was it good. was great. Like you eat it with your stew or your soup. I gotta yeah. say, I've had more tea and soup on this trip than I've had in my life. <laughs> I know, especially because we were both fucking sick as dogs. Yeah, so it was nice to have. Yeah, yeah especially because they do that so well. It's the it's like the part of the world where tea and soup is never out of fashion. Yeah, you know, because you're always in that sort of state of fighting off sickness. Right. Or but something. it's homemade. Homemade. Everything soup. was. Well, yeah. remember reading that menu? It's like it's not like our beef was like grass fed or like locally sourced. Our beef is from like Murphy O'Neill. Yeah, like, it was literally like <laughs> they named the yeah, guy. It's or, like yeah. the guy. Like that was so funny. Like we got it from you the O'Neill farm. It was hilarious because like you always read that in America. It's like, well, is this grass fed or like is this locally sourced? Like, yeah, bitch, it's from it's from Tom O'Neill. It's from like yeah, Ryan O'Neill <laughs> yeah. down the street. He's like they like look out the window. He's like waving to you with his cows. Like here I am. These are my cows. Well, it was funny too when we talked to Brian, our 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 VV and. B&B owner about that we sort of made a joke about it and he was like oh yeah and it was not that big he didn't get why we thought we found that it so was funny. so funny yeah he was like yeah you have to do that because the regulations of this and it's like oh they, they, I mean it's such a thing now particularly in LA like the farm well, so to hip. table yeah, hip thing but this is literally farm to table I mean there's Ryan O'Neill yeah yeah it was so funny Seamus O'Neill or whatever his name was. I wish I remember <laughs> the exact name but it's like yeah literally like where did you get this 
Is this locally sourced? Oh, you mean like locally, like Seamus? Our, <laughs> like across our, the street. Our butcher, yeah. Our, our fucking beef farmer, and like our eggs are from, you know, Scotty O'Bofanagan or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's locally sourced, bitch. It's like around the corner. It well, was so funny. And I mean, this is, we're talking rural. Like this is, you feel a bit like you've gone back in time in Ireland. Yeah, At in, least certain in, parts, this, in certain parts. In certain parts, like for this sure. this part of the West Coast. So we were in County Clare. You started. Start. We started on the West and then literally drove across the country to the East. Yeah. The whole country. We drove in a Skoda. Skoda, you love the Skoda. It was this like weird like Swiss Scandinavian car, Scandinavian yeah. car that's very popular there. Yeah, it was it's nice. Just, I never heard of it. And it was, it was, it was, it was interesting because it was compact, but it had a huge trunk yeah. and four doors. And it was like really easy, fun to drive i had a good time driving that yeah, car yeah you always and we were driving along you be skoda, skoda skoda but so also in county clare we went to liz Varna, which is the pl- that where the, the town matchmaking festival is held for the entire month of september every year yeah it's kind of shut down right now when we were there but we wandered yeah, into this very cool pub um called the roadside tavern the which was it was the guy's name peter Curtin. Peter Curtin was the owner and he's third generation. It was built in 1865. Yeah. And And they brewed their own beer. They had three. They had an amber, they had a red, and they had a stout. And I got like two half pints of their stout and it was awesome. I had Irish coffee. I loved it. And you had an Irish coffee. And O'Shane, our bartender. O'Shane. O'Shane, our bartender. Yeah, he was cool. He was so cool. We put one of our stickers up on their wall. Yeah, we took a picture of it. Yeah, it's covered in different stuff from all over the world, really. People that have come into that bar. Yeah. Like left a lot, you know, there was like a license plate. I don't know if someone left that or not. Right. There was stuff like that stickers and clippings and, you know, stuff like that all over the bar. And what was the gentleman that came in that we met that there was a guy uh, one of his you know neighbors friends locals yeah. local and he owned a kayak company well he was like a kayak guide okay yeah and he, yeah. he owned it too but he right. was also a guy and he was telling these stories about like these giant fat americans that were, like, <laughs> can't like fit in the kayak and if they fall over and because he's got to like drag their fat ass back to shore and stuff like this yeah and he's like yeah it gets hairy when the the people are too heavy and you know they were going by he's like this guy was like 22 stone or something because they go by stone you know yeah and he's jesus christ you know it's like they were just going on about it it's funny just like it's cool when these guys they come in out of the fucking cold and they vent a little and have a couple pints Right, and, you know, it's cool. It was just a really chill afternoon hanging out at the roadside tavern. Yeah, it was really chill. And I, like, I left a tip. Sorry, uh, sorry. Oh yeah, you that. fucked that up. Fucked yeah, up. well, we didn't. We weren't doing it. And then I think you just bought a force of habit. I forgot. Yeah. that you're not supposed to tip. You don't bartenders. tip bartenders. They don't no, like it. They don't like it at all. And I completely forgot. So forgive me. For but it that, wasn't like a busy day. It was there was like five of us in there. You left a tip. It wasn't like, hey, buddy, like you forgot your euros. tip. But he didn't take it. He, he didn't even take it, back. it. Like, and I, and then after the fact, after we left, I was like, oh shit. I wasn't supposed to do that. Yeah, like no, that. we should say we like you don't tip anybody really. Like I guess not you can. In Ireland, not in no. Ireland, no. In England, yes. In England, yeah. But, but in Ireland, we were like adding up all the money we would have saved having had to tip. So much, so much money. But but the thing, and this is something we've been talking a lot about, the service is so much better. Like the, well, there is weird, not even comparable. That's like the weird sort of quagmire contradiction where the service is so good you would want to leave a tip, right? And then you're not expected to yeah whereas in in this city the service is so shit that you don't want to <laughs> leave a tip but you're obligated to leave 20 fucking percent yeah at least it's so strange it's like the guys that don't get the tips or don't want the tips are serving you better than the people that are like fucking need a tip to live for god's sakes you know what i mean yeah well, that just shows you how flawed the system is well what's that thing you just sent me 
that on Reddit that was about Boston Haymarket, and about they how talked they don't about tip. yeah. Well, and they raised the price. Everybody gets like fourteen, 14 bucks and an by hour. By a certain year, they're going to make seventeen. Right, and the fact and it, it equalizes everyone mm-hmm. in the in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And they all and the service is really good. They take pride in their work. They want to work hard. Well, it's like a real job because in Boston or in Massachusetts, the minimum wage for servers is three dollars an hour because yeah, the tip's supposed to cover too. the spread. Or I think here it's like five or six. Okay. Or something, cause, but that that means that that tip is supposed to cover your spread right. as, a, as an employee, which is insane to me. Yeah. That you can pay less than minimum wage, then expect the working public to just sort of dole out their money to right. you. Out of the kindness of their heart, because fucking you brought me a refill of coffee. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's kind of an insane thing. It almost seems like, like out, out of touch. It does like, seem like out of touch. Like an old style of like employment or something. Well, and it devalues service completely. And now with the whole shit where you go to like a barista counter, they have a tip or you go to yogurt, there's tips there. Yeah, you got to tip like, the yogurt guy, you got to tip the ice cream guy, you got to tip pay the, them better. You got to tip, tip like the movie ticket guy for tearing your ticket. I know, right. He's like, Ahem. like what? Yeah, I'll take 22%. I know, he's like, that's Thank theater you. one. Ahem. Yeah, exactly. Like, fucking shit. No, and it's it's really uh, you know not to not to sound like we're stingy. We're not. And no, it's that, I'll tip twenty percent for yeah, good service. Absolutely, and Americans are known for over tipping. People talk about it overseas. in other countries. Yeah, because you even if you tip in London at a restaurant, fan, whatever, it's still only ten between ten and fifteen percent. It's yeah. not twenty percent. No, and the countries Japan, you don't tip, and they get very offended if you do because yeah. it's to them it's part of. You know, it's just the system's differently. Everyone's mm-hmm. paid a working, a, a good wage. Yeah, tips and like an that's insult their to them. Profession. Yeah, because this is my job. You don't tip, you know, a fucking plumber or a carpenter. Yeah, it would be insulting. Yeah, and here's a little something for you. It's like what? No, don't tip. Well, me. who did we try to? Oh, in London, uh, we tried to tip the oh. concierge, and he did not like it. No, because well, they helped us with our bags, and then the guy was so helpful the whole time with yeah. directions and advice and times, and he was really went the extra mile. So when we were checking out, I was like, "Here's," and we had extra pounds. We were leaving, yeah. So we had these pounds, and we didn't want to convert them back. It yeah, wasn't yeah. enough to convert. But it was like fifteen something pounds. We'll kick the guy back five bucks, five pounds. Yeah, and he totally like he like recoiled yeah that was funny he was like oh I didn't no expect that because it like, seemed no, no, like he no, was Mr. waiting for the tip in the beginning yeah when we when he brought the bags up yeah but he probably would have said no then too i guess he definitely would have he definitely the way the way he like was literally like no yeah he he like, no this is i mean they took that they were very serious oh, yeah. shout about out the, the nadler victoria hotel best in hotel London. i think we've stayed at Really? Well, best service. Yeah. Best service. Best service. It was definitely, it's definitely up there. I can't yeah. think of any other hotels off the top of my head Incredible that were Incredible experience with service. And also, well, the neighborhood awesome location. Yeah. And the people, like, that girl Sophie was like the head concierge. That girl's a badass. She is awesome. She we was loved just her. professional. She wouldn't have taken a tip either. Hell no. no. She was like professional on the ball, like, like anything you need. And she was French too, which we were surprised because yeah. French are not known for their hospitality. Yeah. Not in the hospitality Sorry. industry. Necessarily, maybe at home you go to a French dinner, you get treated well. But a concierge, waiter, waitstaff, and shit—they're not yeah, known for, for extending themselves. Yeah. Well, to America, I think that anybody really, yeah. like all the French that come as tourists and treat the Irish like shit. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Treat, you know what I mean? Yeah, that was a big happened. thing. The French treat French as tourists are kind of bastards. Yeah, they're not fun nah. as tourists. Hell no, they're kind of fun to make fun of. 
Yeah, it is fun to make fun of them because they're so snooty. Yeah. But uh, so we left Liz Duvar- uh Well, actually, in, we should uh, that night we went to Ennis Timon and we met with the well known Willie Daly, the matchmaker the world of famous, Ireland. Like world famous. Uh, he's third generation, fourth generation matchmaker of Ireland. And yeah, he there's the matchmaker bar in Liz Dunvarna. And his face is on the fucking side of the bar. You know what I mean? Yeah. And in, it in literally on Varna, the side of the bar. It says matchmaker bar. There's... And then it's a picture of him <laughs> holding his fucking book yeah. with a whiskey in his hand. This like matchmaker book is 100 years old or whatever. 200. 200 Books, years the old. The book is 200? Yeah, or 200 years old. Fam- it's a family tradition. And I guess it gets passed down. Whoever picks it up next in the generation, sort yeah. of thing. And he has this book, and it's supposed to be uh, a lucky book. We never got to see what he in never the book. opened the like book. He, we, he basically said, if you touch the book with two hands, you'll be married within six months. If you touch it within one, with you'll one hand. you'll meet someone and have a love relationship. It, there's or all these different be lucky and things. Shit. You know, it's like yeah. Irish traditional luck stuff. Yeah, you know. Super kind of grifty, but we, it, yeah. I mean, it was funny because well, it was we cool. get to his bar, well, and the, it's time we should and- say because the Lisdoom Varna bar looks super like touristy and Hello. fun, and like hearts and loves and kisses and shoehorns yeah. and clover leaves and bull- shoehorns horseshoes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like have shoehorns. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, it, it, you know. But it's closed for the season. It's a seasonal bar. Yeah. And so he's like, come to Ennis Thaiman and uh, come to my, he has a bar, Daly's Pub, yeah. Daly's Bar, Daly's Pub. Center of town. Yeah, center of town. We just sort of happened upon it. We were like, oh, we'll have to find it. It was like, boom, center of town. And it, uh, he's like, come and we'll do the interview there instead. And we get in there and it would look like a fucking like dive. It was like not welcome. No. Although his daughter was very nice. She was behind the and bar. And she was bartending. We didn't know it was her. We found out that it was she the was daughter. Nice. But she didn't say, oh, I'm his daughter. She was just like, oh, you're meeting Willie Daly, are you? We walked in and, and there was like a cast of characters that literally looked like they had been in a f- brawl at the back. of, the, And one guy was passed out on a, on like a, a well, stool Well, we should say they were all fucking shit Shit Face. And there was that like weird UK techno playing. Like it wasn't like <laughs> happy Irish folk music. No. It was like that weird UK like it was like ladies and gentlemen like make some noise it was just like really uh, like offensive to the senses Uh, uh and like really like hard to listen to there's no rhythm it's just like loud arena techno yeah like they love it they all love it i don't know why and but this is in this tiny little bar yeah and it's you know, it's kind of like a dive bar, which I love dive bars, and yeah. that's all cool. But it, I gotta say, I felt a little uncomfortable. And then was he, was sketchy, late. And he, he was late. He was half hour late. I mean, we just we got a couple drinks. It's no big deal. Yeah, no big deal. And, and the Irish are notoriously late, so we sort of figured that would happen. But while we were waiting, at one point, you and I, I mean, there were these guys a who were shit faced, and they were shit faced, and all in they a sort of were like looking at us and sizing us up. The second you went to the bathroom, they like swarmed me. And well, they I didn't was. They get up out of their seats. Yeah, they did. No, they did. Yes, two of them got up out of their seats. Well, they were in their seats by the time I came yeah, out. Yeah, but two of them got up out of their seats. And you didn't say like, that, though. Yeah, it was scary. It was a little like freaky. And. Um, I didn't see that, though. Yeah, well. Well, but the, when I got out of my seat, they were sitting down. Or when I came out of the bathroom, they were sitting down. They were like sort of just talking to you. And then they just shut up. 
They just they escaped. instantly shut up. Yeah. yeah, they just went back to like doing whatever they were doing. But they were just like rolling cigarettes, drinking beer. They all look like they've had their faces pounded in <laughs> since adolescence. They had that like perma scar tissue underneath their eyes, like where their cheekbones are. Yeah, it's just sort of built up over many years of just like brawl or brawling and shit. Right. And like they all had that. Yeah. You know what I mean? They did. Except for the one like fat guy that was younger. He looked like he didn't. He's not really like that. But the older guys, they were all like in their early forties. Yep. and just looked like they but looked was, like hard living hard living but they were nice well they that's the thing after that nice. after that initial sort of like tension and then when Willie came in and he met with us and then he knew those guys the locals are probably there mm-hmm. every day getting drunk yeah, yeah, yeah. and once that came in they were all are like these soulful nice men who yeah. have these interesting stories and everyone has a story it's like a song for god's sake yeah. every single one of them had a story about the one guy was like on a motorcycle in Mos- in russia and it broke down and yeah. he's in the middle of nowhere and he was walking through well, the actually, we have snow field a, we're going to play an excerpt from our interview so uh, take a listen to some of this and we'll come back. My late wife, well, I was married to an Anystyman girl for 41 years. Oh! And uh, she passed away eight years ago with oh. cancer. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, yeah, well, you know, she didn't suffer any. I mean, it's a bit of a wrench when you're in a pub, you know, she's sick. And uh, she got moved from um, here to... Um, Limerick, uh, to Ennis, from Ennis to Limerick, Limerick to Cork. Uh-huh. And when you're sitting in the pub and your phone rings and yeah. it's a doctor and he tells you your wife of 41 years has got 7 to 12 days to what? live. Wow. It wrenches your life, you know. Yeah. But as I say, I carried on and I'm, I'm part of the, I'm part of Ennis time and I've been here a long time. Where are you from originally? Birmingham. Birmingham. Okay. Birmingham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Could, the good news is he could I mean, be moving to America. wouldn't be here as long as me. No one other time. Uh, how long have you been here? <laughs> yeah. How long have you been here? 85 years. Oh, what? Me. You look good, sir. Uh, he's been here all his life. All your wow. life, Tony. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, where are we from? Yeah, we're from California. Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just searched for a little place by the name La Jolla. La Jolla. Yes. Yeah. It's near yeah. San Diego. Yeah. So that uh, gives you an idea of what we're dealing with with these guys. It was just kind of like story after story. Everybody had a story. They were all fucking drunk. The drunker they became, the harder they were to understand. <laughs> yeah. I could really I can rock with it a little bit and like I can I can get the beats of what they're saying but the more drunk they become like you know regular English speaking people without accents and heavy slang are hard to understand mm. when they're really drunk so like the slang on top of like the rhythm of their speaking mm-hmm. after a while became really difficult to understand you just sort of got to nod and be like cool man that's like, what we were doing a lot of the time was nodding it was like, definitely yeah. felt like that well and then Willie himself we interviewed and we'll play a bit of that as yeah we'll, well play some of that playing now <laughs> all right take a listen as you are known as the matchmaker of ireland and <laughs> yeah, is this is, how did you get into this how did this well, come okay. about so for me now for me i inherited it you know you did yeah my father done a certain amount to matchmaking my grandfather did a lot yeah. Okay. Of it, but mainly horsefares, cattle fairs. He was a heaviest drinker enough, you know. So was I as well myself. Up for a long time, I still enjoy a lot of drink, but I don't not as much as I used to. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Now my father, unfortunately, didn't drink much. 
Unfortunately, <laughs> why do you need to have the drink well, to helps. be a good matchmaker? Uh, it helps. It helps. It helps. Okay. Uh, thinking properly and you know getting into people's company and everything. Okay. Like that. I, I hear that. Yeah. Drink is an icebreaker. Yeah. That's <laughs> funny. It is. But especially for Irish people, are very shy. They want. They are. Oh, Irish people are seriously so I mean they won't in this environment they say they won't talk to a woman much until about 12 o'clock in the night okay and then you know then they, you won't, they won't stop it's so because they don't the, propose, they've been drinking yeah. okay they won't propose much between well you know in general most nights Irish men don't propose much <laughs> until about between a quarter to twelve and a quarter to four in the morning is that a scientific fact I don't know about a, a scientific one or what it's how it is you know yeah. so, you see they'd be too shy and then later on they just build up a lot of energy and a lot of courage and uh-huh. get, romance comes into the dead and if they're good looking and young they meet a nice girl that'll be attracted to them and sometimes women are very you know there's such a thing as woman's wiles yeah you know sometimes yep. a fella get down women he might be if a fella's slow to propose now it's a women are, it's important to be able to be subtle in that line so a fella so he might get very drunk and the next thing you know he'd be kind of down but not he wouldn't be going to propose but he just couldn't get up you know right yeah. so and then the woman had said she might have someone who said oh, Jesus you don't have to get down on your two knees I don't you know I'll marry you she said uh, <laughs> yeah so that gives you an idea about Willie uh, what a character huh he wrote a book he gave it to us. He gave us a copy, a signed copy of his book. We met his like grandchildren and his daughter. Yeah. Is <laughs> while they were all talking, it was I don't know. It was kind of fun. I, it I mean, was super I, I thought fun. it was fun. I wanted to stay and drink. I would have got fucking wrecked though. If yeah, I stayed. and I would have been freaked out. I would have started. I was already starting to freak out. We were tripping off that freaking cold medicine. Yeah, I know. Like, so and he has nine kids. Nine kids, six girls and three boys or six boys and three girls something like that i think it was definitely and he has 14 grandchildren yeah big family yeah we met one of his granddaughters hilarious a 15 year old what was her name again una una but remember she like we talked to her on the phone before and you kept saying una and she was like no una we were like una i was like una and she's like no 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 una i'm like (laughs) i don't hear the difference (laughs) uh yeah, so it, yeah, so that it, was, it was fun. It was though. very fun. It was I, really cool to meet local people of Ireland too. Yeah, well, we talked to like other people about Willie Daly, and there was right. a lot of different opinions. You know yes. what I mean? Like a lot of them respect that like history of matchmaking, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like, oh, you're meeting Willie Daly, are you? Yeah, I'm like what's that, that mean? Like, well, you know, it's you know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, no, and no, they, would, no. they wouldn't give specifics though. It's yeah. super, that's super Irish. Like, I'm not going to talk shit. But I have an opinion. Yeah. But I'm not going to pick a side, really. You know right, what I mean? It's right. interesting. Yeah. Because he also he has like these little businesses and shit. Like the po- he does like pony rides. Yeah, he has a pony yeah. rides business. Yeah, for and like the tourism bar. and the bar and the matchmaking festival where he does like real numbers. I guess. I get, yeah, I'm sure he does real numbers. I I don't think we ever got we never got his process down because we continually sort of asked, okay, tell us how this works. We ne- and you get, you listen to the experts, like stories. It's stories and stories and stories. And we never really got, I think the one piece that he did 
say to us that was kind of like a process information was sort of was that American women hook up with Irish men more successfully than the other way around, the other way around than Irish men and American women no, than Irish women and American men yeah which he didn't say why he just said that's a trend that he's seen yeah but he didn't give a lot of like formula no there's not a lot of like this is how I do it I write it all in this book we like, saw his form that he gives people he has this like <laughs> f- like resume form of <laughs> like application questionnaire and it's so simple. It's like, are you a man or a woman? Check. Yeah. Like, what are your interests? Check. What's your favorite color? Yeah, it was really funny. Yeah. And he said he, that even like some of the guys he has, he's like, what the fuck is the point of this, Willie? Like, they like yeah, yeah, don't yeah. want to fill the form out. It's really funny. But uh, yeah, he was interesting. He man. was interesting as a character. I respect that Irish, like that local Irish, like get your money kind of thing, you know? Because yeah. like, everyone's got like a hustle. Everyone's got it's like a, little, a story. There's a hustle there. It's definitely. a total like generational hustle, yeah. man. But absolutely, it was like small town Ireland. What the fuck? Yeah, Go ahead, do what you got to do, yeah. man. You know, keep that tradition alive. It's funny. It's hilarious. It's, it's great. Hilarious. It's really interesting to be a part of that. And it's like totally off the pet path of like the tourist stops and shit. You Except know? during the festival, I'm sure. But yeah. I mean, it was interesting to meet with him in, 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 in that February. Bar, in, in that February, bar. yeah, man, and get this crazy interview and talk to the guy and yeah. you know, talk to the, all the locals because he kept bringing up guys to talk to. Yeah, him. <laughs> like this guy in this. Well, the one guy actually had a story of meeting a woman from Texas. Well, we pl- yeah, yeah, and that's in there, so you'll hear that. Uh, yeah, that was interesting. What else? So, well, what we do next? We well, went to. We went to. We headed. Oh, off. we got Wick more sick. And we were kept, we got like I got more sick, I yeah. should say, because I wasn't really all that sick on the plane, or even the I first was. day or so. But then it really hit me. It came out, and I was just sick. Okay, yeah. great, fucking shit. Here now it is. I'm, I am sick, you know. And I was caught it in my lungs and in my nose and my throat, and you know, it's, it's raining. You know, it's yeah. pissing it doesn't rain help at times. The weather when nah. you're sick. and I was constantly eating cough drops. Yeah, it's all sugar. Constantly, <laughs> you know what I mean. You yeah, know, we spent a lot medicine. of money on medicine, but well, we, we. Well, the one thing I want to say is about that medicine. How fucked up it was mm. was when we were driving and we were driving to the oh, next right. stop, and I literally like I was all caffeinated, and then I took one of those pills, and like I've I've driven like tired, I've driven through the night, but I've never been that sort of like removed from myself behind the wheel. Yeah, you, we had to pull over and you we slept literally for a half an hour. Pulled over to just the side <laughs> of the road. I put the seat back and I just. Fell instantly asleep because I was literally like I was starting to drift. I was starting. I got to the point I'm like I can handle it. I got it. And I was yeah. like I, I was starting to drift and again. Those narrow roads, man. I was like, forget this. Yeah. I got to pull over. And I was out. You had to like wake me up. Yeah. Like wake. Well, and up. then I drove. And then you drove. Yeah. And I was fine with that. And is that when we went? Because we went. So we went from Doolin to Bunratty, where we went to the Blarney Woolen Mills, which is really cool. We got to, you know... Yeah, it's all nice... hand-woven Irish wool made yeah, in Ireland. Stuff. No made in China. It's like, Yeah, it's that's a thing. We got a lot of stuff and saw a lot of stuff that was all made in Ireland, not made in China, and that was really nice. It's cool. Yeah. It's, and it's tradition, and it's, it's steeped in tradition. Yeah. It's historically accurate yeah, I don't know, yeah you know what well, i mean like it's history there definitely. a lot of history in that wool it's all like Aaron island wool yeah and it shit, was beautiful you know? i got a beautiful, beautiful stuff and it'll last you forever and it's yep. super weather resistant and you know it's like so special. durable it's special it's yeah. durable stuff well-made stuff yeah. you know that is steeped in tradition yeah it's traditional irish like nodding and yeah. designs and stuff it's beautiful 
So we drove from there to Cashel and Tipperary because my ancestors are from the Tipperary area. So that's why we wanted to go there. And we stayed overnight at this, at Peggy O'Neill's B&B and uh, our wonderful um, host. host uh, who's Proprietor. Na- yeah. What was his name? Jim. Jim. And he had a great dog named Daisy. And, and that was another great place. We should say all of the accommodations were great that we stayed in. Yes. And, and we have to should also say that bed and breakfast and tourism is like pretty much the, one of the biggest industries in like the That's Irish it. countryside. Yeah. It's either that or you own a pub or you own a restaurant. Yeah. You know, or you're a farmer. But outside of that, there's not a lot of industry out there. But bed and breakfast is like they're- Gift shops. Gift shops. Yeah. Or clothing, right, Barney right. Storm, shit yeah. like that. But we should, like, there are so many bed and breakfasts. And pubs. And pubs. <laughs> but to, so to find a good one, and we, every one we stayed in was better than the next or yeah. equally good. Yeah. We really, well, that's the other thing though. You do a lot of research. I did an enormous uh, amount of research for this trip. On TripAdvisor. Really, yeah. And reading like reviews and booking.com. Yeah. And it made a difference because everyone was very clean. I want to like, I can't stress that enough how clean, clean comfortable, comfortable, uh, accommodating, efficient. Yep. You know, and the people were locations. Yeah. Great, easy locations. The people weren't overbearing or like no. obnoxious or particular or pushy or, you know, no. And, you know, the, it was like, well, uh, like noise, it wasn't was very noisy. Yeah. Well, and there also was off seasons. So there wasn't a whole lot of people. No, we got lucky with that. And we were the only ones in this one place at Peggy O'Neill's because we're also there midweek in February. And the, our host, Jim, is a retired Irish cop who specialized in the counterterrorism. Well, he was like he said he was a counterterrorism like against officer. the IRA. Well, then that, that, that's the thing we should say. Like you think terrorism, everyone thinks Al Qaeda, but like in Ireland, terrorism is the IRA. And yeah. well, you know, and it's that's, been going on for a long time. Well, that's the thing because he is retired. Yeah. So he's been he has been uh, he was he said he was in the police force the whole time. So yeah. he started in the seventies. Yeah. And he said the seventies and the eighties and then the early nineties were the worst. The worst of it for yeah. the IRA. So he essentially would have been there throughout all the worst of yeah. it yeah you know and he said you know because cops don't carry guns there he's like but we always had guns yeah and we had assault rifles and shit you know and like and to Crazy. us it's not a big deal but to them that's a big, a big differential because yeah. yeah. they're going up against guys that are bomb car bombing and yep. like he had some wild stories i know he was an interesting guy to just interview he was it was funny because when we got there we got there kind of late in the day and it's rainy and all yeah, that kind of dark kinda tired you had like been passed out in the car I literally for a while. passed yeah. out i never do that i usually just start them power through is those pills man those pills but we got there and he was very kind of precise and giving us the rules and regulations and i shouldn't say it that way but it kind of felt that way and it was kind of like i'm going to show you how you do the shower i'm going to show you how to do this and not in a rude way but just a very deliberate way And he knew how he wanted things done and, and all of that. And this is the key. You turn it this way to open your door. Yeah. You know, this is the bathroom. Nobody turns on the, no one knows to turn on the shower. Yeah. Right? He's like, I installed the thing brand new and nobody knows how to use it. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to show you how to use it. In other words, don't fuck this up. Yeah. Don't, don't break it. Don't yeah. turn it the wrong way. Because it was difficult. It's not just a faucet. It's like there's two sides. Each one turns. One's for water pressure. One's for temperature. Yeah. So it is. It's not like you just you go saw hot, that a cold. Few times. That was, that was how 
their water yeah, their faucets, shower, their works, shower yeah. works like so to be fair as americans this is i've and the toilets are different like there's a lot everything's of, like, different everything's a yeah. little different you know so i would have been fiddling with it and i right. might have turned it the wrong way so to be honest he wasn't really out of line to be like no. let me just show you how to do this no it was but it was very particular and deliberate and then went and then you know he made me a wonderful tea and he was lovely and the whole bit made a nice breakfast for me yeah the made a great breakfast yeah. but while it was funny because when we found out First of all, he looks so much like a cop. And then when we found out he was, it was like, ah, okay. It all makes sense. Well, when we first walked through the door, he kind of walked in and didn't wasn't like, you must be so-and-so. He kind of walked in like, can I help you? Yeah. And we're like, uh, we're here for a room. <laughs> and he's like, there's oh, yeah, nobody he pretended here by that. like he didn't know. Yeah. Well, and like we, we were sort of halfway in through the door and he kind of walked in and blocked the door a yeah. little bit. And, but it was just sort of once you found him, he was a cop, like, of course you're a cop. And then I saw some old pictures of him and he had the mustache. Yeah, yeah. And like, oh, now you look even more like a cop because <laughs> he didn't have the mustache anymore. But it was, he was, but he was very charming and he was yes. a good guy, you know, so it wasn't like offensive. It was just sort of like, oh yeah, that's cop styles, man, yep. for sure. And he, his property looks over an 11th century ruin, monastery ruin. And yeah. it also looks over the Rock of Cashel, which is... Well, like 9th century which or something. I think it was 10th or 11th, but well, it was whatever. beautiful. We went there. There's a lot of pictures on our social feeds. Well, we should say throughout the countryside, there are these ancient ruins everywhere. Yeah. Like everywhere on people's property, there's this like old citadel, old yeah. cathedral, and it's all broken down, and it's yeah. from the 11th century. Yeah. There's nothing like that in America. No. There's like the Alamo and shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing really the that bell. yeah that dates back that far, right? And it's just everywhere, and you're not going to tear it down. You know, you're not, you know, what do you do? You're going to build it up. Yeah, it's just there. It's it's incredible, really. It's wonderful. Yeah, that was that was very cool seeing that, and it just sort of felt like you'd been transported into the Middle Ages a bit. It does. Yeah, and there's so much history, like the Norman, the Norms took yeah. over, and they ran it for a while, and then it went back to like the Irish, or right? Something. Well, and those birds. The rooks, is the that what rooks, it's called? Yeah. R-O-O-K. They're like these giant crows, but they have these prehistoric beaks. Yeah. And they're sort of a lighter color black. Like mm-hmm. it's not like this jet black like a crow. They were badass. They're they were big. all they're giant. They're yeah. giant birds. Almost the the biggest birds we saw were the ravens at the Tower England, of London. Because yeah. I it's like some weird superstitious thing that it, once the ravens leave the Tower of London, the monarchy will fall. Yeah. So there's they really house ravens right. there. And they're the size of freaking eagles and hawks are yeah, bigger big. than these giant beaks they're cool i yeah. would like and they're apparently extremely smart mm. all those birds crows ravens magpies uh, rooks like that whole family of we birds we saw a magpie we did in the countryside yeah it was beautiful they're uh, extremely intelligent birds like yeah. parrots man it'd be cool to have a pet rook or a pet, <laughs> a pet rook that'd be cool man. yeah they were very cool looking birds and they're huge like it'd be cool to have a pet raven you can train them and you, like they don't speak like parrots but they're extremely intelligent yeah they can think they can they remember faces and stuff like it's yeah it's pretty inte- uh, incredible well it was cool walking through the rock of cashel which is basically was in the ruins of a, it is in the ruins it's a monastery it was a monastery but you look up at the top and you see these rooks and you hear that noise that crow noise and they're all flocking at the top and then you walk through the door this stone door and there's this Stone old cemetery door. with like the Celtic crosses on it, but sort of ruined and old. I mean, it felt like, like something out of like it. a weird, you felt it was very surreal because mm-hmm. it was kind of spooky and it was like, yeah, the fact that up? all this stuff is still there and you can just go see it is pretty incredible. Yeah. It's so old. So much to see in Ireland. And then from there we went to Wicklow 
County, which was incredible. We stayed in Rathdrum at a lovely B&B. Another um, really nice bed and breakfast. That It was clearly like a converted commercial space and then made into a bed and breakfast because it was clearly like a, a shop storefront because they had uh-huh. the storefront glass, but that's where they had the actual seating area for breakfast. Right. And then on the top, because I think a lot of the commercial properties also like house people. So I think that's oh. what they did was they took what was an existing you know commercial property, made the bottom, the eating area, the bed and breakfast, and the top were the rooms. Yeah. And so, and there was like a perfectly functioning, there was like a lot behind it where you could park the car. Yep. Then behind that, there was like the common room and, and on the side of that was their living area. It yep. was huge. It was this giant space. It was a big brownstone. It's called yeah. Stirabout Lane and the proprietor's name is Daphne. And She was wonderful. She was wonderful. And the rooms were huge and nice and so many amenities. And everywhere we went, they had tea for us, like tea in the room or in water the room. in the room. Yeah, a little Hot tea set up. Hot water with a kettle and you can make your own tea and they have little cookies and shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's really funny. I like the cookies. She loves cookies. <laughs> well, Send they, cookies oh, in Europe, to they, P.O. Box. <laughs> in Europe, when you get tea or coffee, they give you a little cookie with you it. You love that. I love that. It's your favorite thing. <laughs> you don't even drink tea. You just like little cookies. <laughs> I do drink tea. And now I'm like drinking only tea because we drank so much of it there. But Wicklow County, they're, uh, Glendalock, which is in Wicklow. If you've seen the movie, P.S. I Love You, it was all shot there. And the the scenery is gorgeous. Yeah, we went we went through the Wicklow County Park. We drove through it, but we also did like a little bit of walking. You can hike through it, but it was freezing, and I was sick, and we didn't do it. It was freezing, but again, it was a beautiful day. Yes, the sun was out, just beaming through the 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 uh, f- the fucking cemetery. Yeah, like, just like coming over the hill of the like Glendalough Trail and like beating into. There's this giant old like monk tower yep. that was used to watch for enemies and stuff and just i took a bunch of photos that were incredible just like the sun rays coming yeah. in. it was cold but I, so I, cold. I, I was handling i i i, I wanted to go for like a long trail but you were hurting and yeah were, i think you were a bit sicker than I me was and it was sicker. cold it was yeah. cold but it's just like there's a beating sun it was beautiful and the day was so clear. It was so it beautiful. Was awesome. It's one of the more. I, I got to say, it was one. Ireland in general is one of the most beautiful. I think might be the most beautiful place I've ever been. I mean, it's yeah. just incredible to look at. The green is. It's no joke. It's green. Like the color green and the whole Irish green yeah. thing is no joke. Yeah, and it's weird. It has like a more romantic vibe than sort of like the beauty of the Caribbean or something. You know yeah. what I mean? It's sort of well, more, and mystical because of the yeah. old medieval feel to it yeah too. It, there is a more mystical property because everyone loves the like glassy beaches and palm trees and white yeah, sands like me. this is more i don't know there's it's more mystical yeah and more beautiful and there's more character so much character and i gotta say i was talking to my dad about this there's something about going back to the place of your origin where your ancestors are from where you just feel it you have this like instant connection. I've never been before. Um, yeah, I went as a kid, but it, you have a feel like you feel instantly connected to the land in a way that you're not in other countries that you have no origin story from. You yeah, know? people say that. People say that, like where you know you're, you're really like your bloodline is. You go yeah. there, and it's like there's a connection. You feel there, it. I felt it. Sort of sixth sense kind of connection. I mean, I have uh, Irish roots on my mom's side. From it's weird because uh, there's one part of it is from my, the north of Ireland mm-hmm. and they're the Macquarie's in the bo- the south of Ireland I guess were the Perry's and they're from Cork mm. and 
it was yeah it's really i went as a kid again because it's my grandparents were living there in the 90s and then uh to come back is really incredible. I, you know, I'd love to go back again. And- I know we're already talking about our next trip. So also in Wicklow, shout out to Avoca um, Mill, which hand is mill. yeah, the hand weavers. It's like the last remaining hand mill in Ireland, in maybe, the world, or in the world for God's sake. It's been around since 1735. Yeah, or something like this, and literally all of their. Uh, uh, their goods are processed and manufactured and woven on site. Yeah. Like you can go there. They have a gift shop. They have a cafe, but they also have a, a the, the mill is yep. there. And you can see these like old, these little old birds mm-hmm. like sitting mm-hmm. in front of a loom and they have, uh, it's a tour too. You can take these tours or you can just walk through it and they have like the difference between mohair and shirling and cashmere and lamb's wool. And you can feel the different yeah. uh, grades of the f- fabrics and the twill and stuff. You yeah. Know, or, <laughs> you it, got a simple throw. And I bought a simple throw. <laughs> That's what it's, a, it's a blend it. of mohair and lamb's wool. It's very nice. It's so nice. And it's like it was made there on site. Mm-hmm. It's just, and it, it, they had a discount section upstairs. They don't really advertise it too well. Yeah, because down that's expensive. The other thing, like a full blanket, is like two hundred and fifty euro. But that, when you think about that, that's not that expensive for a hand woven by hand by an in Irish Ireland. person. Yeah, not it's in really China, not that expensive. Not in Vietnam. It's yeah, a thousand dollars, not five hundred dollars. No, it's like two. But again, if you're not in there, like thinking like, oh, I'll just get like a little like you know forty dollar yeah, thing. It's you like can't. no, yeah. well because they, they have women's coats that are three hundred oh, yeah. euro. Yeah. They have you know uh, those you know what are those called the not ponchos capes. but the capes yep. and the shawls and blankets Hats, and throws scarves and it's all made on site right. and all different material mohair and lamb's wool and cashmere mm-hmm. and you know that just you know it's not cheap but it is worth it and it'll probably last you forever yeah you know what i mean and it's made by people it's not yeah. made by a machine no you know and you go there it's like there's the mill here are the goods yeah would you like a goods you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would. yeah i want a goods yeah and so but actually i found one uh, in the discount section there's like you know a 90 hundred dollar throw because it's a smaller blanket and it was like 40 euro yeah and then we had that card that like duty-free card oh, yeah they have this horizon card which allows you to get the duty n- yeah so you don't have to pay tax while you're you get the tax back when you exit the country yeah, and so what, what would be a forty-five euro thing becomes a forty-euro thing, and yeah. so you know you're getting more savings. It's right. really cool. It's handy, and it's only on goods and not services. Like so you can't use it with a taxi, but you can use it with, uh, you know, yeah, a, clo- a fucking hat, little or gifts or whatever yeah. you buy. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. So I have this like I, it was a pain in the ass to. To carry this fucking blanket into yeah, London, you did flying that. back, yep. and you know you don't want to get it dirty or stained or lost or ripped or you know, right? But, but it's worth it because there it is, it's right there. Beautiful. It's beautiful. It'll make a nice uh, centerpiece of my bedroom. <laughs> well, so from Wicklow, we drove to Dublin. Yep, dropped and, the car off at the airport, which was kind of a pain because the taxi driver scammed us. Yeah, it was weird. He we definitely feel like he like scammed us. Well, it was like twenty dollars, twenty euro to get from the airport to our hotel, and it cost forty five. Yeah, forty five <laughs> euro. But 
he had a little fare meter going the whole time. So we were he like, rigged that thing. Yeah, I'm see, that's what you're you. saying. It's he like, must have, because I and he was like, he was selling us. Oh, if you need anything, I'll pick you up. He gave us his card. He wanted to pick us up to go back to the airport, and he was like, okay, let's set this up and everything. And I just felt like I was being had the whole time. And then also we looked and saw that it shouldn't cost more than 20, be like 25 25 euros. euros. And it was forty. I mean, it was trafficy, but and still, he said it didn't that. take that long. He's like, it's going to cost a little more because of the traffic. A little and- more. Cause twenty dollars, almost twice as much more, yeah. dude. Yeah, and so, yeah. Something really. S- well, because he made it, right. he put it in his book. Like, I'll be here eight thirty on Tuesday. We had like text him, and be like, no. no. We found See our own ya. one. We took an Uber, and it was twenty euro. I never heard from the guy again. Did he text back? Okay, or did he, he just text not back? Show no, back? he texts back. It was like, okay, enjoy your trip. Let me know when you are going. And it's like, yeah, right. Yeah, no. thanks, bud. Yeah, but, no, but what? Regardless, it regardless, was, we, we got get to, to Dublin. Dublin. Nice hotel, the Ashling Hotel, which is across the street from the Guinness storefront. Not but, across. the well, street. Well, yeah, it's one of those like uh, Las Vegas across the street. It looks like it's across the street. You can but see when it you from your hotel it, room. It takes a half an hour. We could see it from the hotel room. You know. But yeah. yeah, it took it would take you half an hour because yeah. you have to cross the fucking river or whatever. Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, fucking like it takes a minute, and then you have to walk around, which is what is four acres of a brewery. Yeah. So like, yeah, we're at the brewery. Oh, you want to be at the storefront? Yeah. How do we get there? Oh, it's just a five minute walk, which is fifteen minutes. You know, to get to that side yeah, of the thing because it it's huge. Long. Yeah. Like it's like being in a casino. What part of the casino we have to meet at the MGM? Oh, you want to meet at the Whoop the Woo side? Oh, that'll just take twenty minutes yeah, to yeah. walk there. Yeah, I'm in the casino, but it's gonna take me that long <laughs> to get to you know. That's how it, it works. It was definitely like that. But so we get to the hotel and we walk a, just a couple blocks, a block away to this nice pub called Nancy's Hands. Nancy's Hands. Which uh, our bartender was so great. He Another was really good cool. hospitality moment. Yeah, he was awesome. Very attentive. And you had and an interesting I had what they treat. call... Uh, it's a bar snack called bacon fries, which is sliced deep fried pig's ear. <laughs> and I, I enjoyed it because it was like eating a hot pork rind. Really? If you like pork rinds and beef jerky and pork cracklings and you're not like some, you know, squeamish, squeamish little puss puss or something, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you could handle it, it's actually, it doesn't taste like, I don't know, it just tastes like really, tastes like a hot pork rind. Yeah. That's what I liked about it because pork rind, it's always just sort of in a bag sort of not cold, but, you know, just whatever, crispy. Yeah, you raved about it. I had soup yeah. and the wonderful bread and, and, a, and an Irish coffee and a salad. And I had Guinness and pig's ears. It was awesome. Yeah, it was a nice little supper that night. And we went back to another pub next door that was called Ryan's. And it apparently is super famous on that street in that neighborhood. And when we first walked in... They were a little chilly with us. I like felt we got like a we little went cold to like Charlestown and we were like not neighborhood people. Well, because we should say it is a total locals bar. Yeah. Like everyone that walked through that door, they knew. There was a couple like tourists that sort of walked in as we were leaving and they got the like, you're going to wait for your beer treatment. You know yeah. what I mean? And to be honest, like after that initial, like they're icy in the beginning. And then once they see if you're not stuffy or a fucking, you know, cunt, we'll say. Yeah. They open up to you and they're really fucking friendly and more, you know. Yeah, totally cool after that. Yeah, and so and cool. we're just smart. You know the thing that struck me too about the Irish, they're all smart. They're like really smart and, and clever quick. and quick yeah, and funny. Yeah. And they they're just they're really a cool group of people. So that was a nice meal that we had there. It's Ryan's on Parkgate. It's very well known because everyone we talked to was like, Oh, Ryan's you know, the mm-hmm. guy from the Guinness storefront mm-hmm. and um, but so we were there in Dublin for the Dublin International Film Festival, sponsored by Audi, which is why it's called 
Audi the Dublin Audi. Film Festival. Yeah. I can't quite understand why they were willing to give up the entire brand name. Yeah, you kept saying that. Well, seriously. I mean, Audi sponsors AFI Fest, and it's still called AFI Fest. It's not called the Audi AFI Fest. So yeah. someone didn't negotiate very well with Dublin Film Festival. Yeah. And um, it was interesting that a lot of people within Ireland didn't know about it or they know it but they'd say what festival is that it it, mm. it wasn't it, and it's too bad because there's a lot of fans of irish films there's a lot of great irish films there's a lot of movie lovers and um we did saw, see a couple interesting films uh neither of them were irish but we saw the coen brothers film hail caesar which was kind of okay it was okay it was funny it had funny moments it's by no means their best movie it's sort of like I don't know. It's good it was for okay. yeah. It was it was fine. It was kind of cool, uh, sort of ode to that era of filmmaking, I right. guess. But outside of that, it wasn't really all that interesting. But it didn't also feel like at that point when we saw it, which was on a Saturday morning, it didn't feel like it was part of a film festival. It was like, hey, do you want to watch the Coen Brothers movie? Yeah, at this theater, and we'll put a logo up on the screen for three seconds. Well, they had, they had this like <laughs> you know those little like promotional slideshows, but whoever said it like set the slides to move so quickly that it started giving me a headache, it. and you couldn't read it. And it's just sort of like obnoxious because we were sitting there; it was raining, so we went in early, and it's like it just kept switching and switching and switching and switching, yeah. and, switching. and it was only like eight slides. So just sort of like how many times do we have to see these same eight slides over and over and over and over and over. Well, and if I were a sponsor, I'd be pissed because you can't like your branding isn't out there at all. It's like just no, you don't even you see don't it. Pay you can't attention. read it. You can't really read anything. And they also had like scheduling up in the slides and you have to like, wait, wait, I'll wait, get it what? when it comes back around the next time. So wait, it's at that theater. Oh, shit. OK, what time is it? Oh, yeah. OK, I'll wait till it comes back again. Oh, wait. And then what day is it? Oh, shit. Like, it was just not it was just kind of weird. Well, it was really disorganized festival, which is too bad because it seemingly there was a lot of great to do with it but it also they weren't that uh welcoming to us as press because we contacted them months in advance didn't get back it took me four emails to get a press person to respond to me and then they said oh we don't give press credentials and i was like okay Why do you not? want people to promote this festival and uh they were really kind of snotty about it and then yeah, that was weird. It was very weird, and they wouldn't give us tickets to anything. And I said, okay, I'm just buy tickets to a couple things. Yeah, can so you we get bought us tickets? We okay. Bought a couple tickets, and I said, can you get us red carpet stuff? And then they were like, Yeah, I'll see what we can do. And then they sent us the red carpet information. There was they were doing a I don't know 25th 30th anniversary of the movie Michael Collins because yeah. it's the anniversary of the revolution. Yeah, and. They, uh, which is funny because we should say we didn't go to the Michael Collins thing, but then outside there was like a literal revolution. Yeah, there was like a giant, not riot, but giant sort of picket line, and like there's maybe two thousand protesters. Yeah, it was well outside of the theater. Like it was wild. It was wild. We'll we'll talk about that one sec. But so we within less than twenty four hours before that event, I got an email. Mind you, we're already over there. In you know, Wi-Fi is not always easily. T- Actually, it was more accessible, way more accessible than it is in the states. But it, telling out those us, grievances. yeah, telling us that where to go for the red carpet, the whole bit. Mm-hmm. There were about four photographers there, popper, whatever. Mm-hmm. There was like nothing. There was a step and repeat, and we couldn't do anything because we didn't hear about it in advance. So 
it was odd to me that they didn't seem to really want to promote this festival, or they didn't know how, or they're well, just not well organized. Didn't you say they kept saying like this is for the fans, and it's like okay. well, they also announced to me that it's a public nonprofit festival, and I was like, um, that's how festivals work. Most, they're all nonprofit. Yeah. Did you not know that? That's why there's sponsorships. Yeah, dude. Yeah, so it was. I mean, I want to be supportive of Irish film and this festival, but they need a lot. They need to do a they lot. They didn't make to fix it this. easy. They did not make it easy. But we did see another film. Oh, well, talk about the protest. So that was. Well, we literally just walked out into a giant pro. That was the weirdest thing. We didn't search it out. It just because we were on like basically a main street in Dublin. There's this yeah. giant spire. I think it's called Abbey Street or something. Mm-hmm. Or it intersects with Abbey Street. And uh, that's where they all agreed to meet, I guess. Because yeah. that's where it started. And then it ended. Uh, across the other side, past that, what's that temple bar? Past the temple bar in this other sort of town mm-hmm. square. And there, there was a giant sort of like, uh, press or not press but like giant sort of uh stage mm. with like music and protesters and this guy leading it and it, they were protesting they're, they're trying to put a water tax on everyone well, there is now a water tax and they don't they want to get rid of it and since there was the national elections that they're Friday. voting for candidates that will abolish yeah this. and so there was a few a couple thousand people marching think about that with in the states no no it doesn't happen and just to walk out into it with like waving irish flags yeah. and irish pride and these big banners saying they don't want to pay tax and screw the politicians <laughs> and there was cops and barricades and we just started i started following and i filmed some of it i took some pictures and then we were just walking separately from that and then ended up at the other side where where it ended mm. and there was this giant again like giant mass of people and there's these big screens projecting what couldn't be seen on stage for people in the further back yeah. you know and it was it really interesting because it's such yeah. a part of irish history is to my knowledge so to see it firsthand and yeah. to see how they rally even yeah. in the, but then we got uh, opinions from like cab drivers and some people think they should pay for the water because it's cost somebody something, Yeah, you know? And then so like, it's again, it's a really sort of gray, you know, but some people, and like there was that girl in the restaurant that was like, yeah, you know, I live in a small town, so we have our own well, so we don't, we, we it don't pay for her, yeah. our water. She's like, but you know, I think they should pay for it because, you know, it costs some, someone has to pay for it, Yeah, and, you know? So it's, it's, it was definitely split, but the, the support against having to pay was right. huge and just to see it live in action scre- chanting and megaphones yep. and it was quite it to was do. really pretty cool well the group that is against it and they're supporting is part of Sinn Féin which is originally the you know the IRA the group that came that sort of spawned IRA and yeah. you know and so there it, but the cabbie was talking to us about it and he said you know that group used to be kind of like the protesters of like Irish independence but it's they've become sort of as he put it kind of the whiners yeah like the, they just the loud, sort of the squeaky, loud wheel. squeaky wheels and it's hard to tell their or they don't seem to have the same agenda or it's not quite the same as it was originally because he doesn't feel like they need to protest the way they do now i don't know well, yeah, it's like hard he to tell. said that more or less like a lot of them these guys they're out protesting they don't want to work it's like how can you afford to protest on a monday you know shouldn't you be at work yeah that, that was kind of, so funny yeah that. he was saying that like but that that's the split like that's yeah. the sort of local when you're local there's the local opinion you know what i mean well and that's kind of the concern to me that sounded like someone from boston yeah like, that was kind of like the working class pick yourself up by your own bootstraps yeah. position. And I'm at work while you guys 
are out standing in a line. Yeah. You know what I mean? What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. If you were, if maybe if you worked harder, you wouldn't have to worry about the tax or in something. Fairness, you know what I mean? It was a Saturday. <laughs> and it was a Saturday. He said it was Monday. A Saturday. But it was a Saturday. Yeah. That we were there out there and that's when the, the protest was. Yeah. So it was, yeah. It wasn't a weekday. No, I'm sure they do have to work. Yeah. Uh, well, and there was also like people getting, there was a whole other topic of people being kicked out of, uh, like basically their equivalent of say, section eight. They're trying to like close that off. So they had these like single moms speaking and like crying and stuff. Yeah. yeah it was moving. They're like, I wow. don't want to lose my place to live. I, you know, I, I need wow. like basic human rights and stuff. It was intense. And they had musicians playing and, you know, protest songs. Wow. And, yeah. It was live, man. Mm. I stood and watched the whole thing. I'm like, I, I can't. You're not going to see this again. Yeah. You know, it's like, we're here. What the fuck is going on? It was wild. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Uh, and the other film we saw in the festival was High Rise, directed by Ben Wheatley, starring Tom Hiddleston, a.k.a. Loki. Loki. He's the lead. It's a book from the 60s, which is sort of about, it's one of those like metaphors for government and capitalism and stuff. It's a crazy movie. It's super anarchistic and violent and... Uh, we'll do a review on it. You yeah, know, it, it was, was based on a book by. Um, I don't remember his name, but it's a book yeah. from the sixties. <laughs> around you know the same time, like Clockwork Orange, or seventies, yeah, seventies, yeah, early seventies or something like this. And it takes place in the seventies. Everyone's wearing like period clothing. Yeah, it's really. I mean, it's it looks cool. It's really stylish. Yep. As a movie, you know, it's I, I support anything that sort of can be made when it's about anarchy and anti-establishment yeah you know, it's cool that it can get funded and be made so in that sense i'd support it you know but as a film it kind of left a little to be desired for me yeah we'll we'll talk about it in our in an in uh film reviews check for that on our yeah. website yeah. um but it was it was it was in an incredibly amazing theater the theater was one of the coolest film theaters i've ever been to yeah it was incredible it's called the shit what was it called? The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse Theater. It was in. It it's was right near across our, the street. Our hotel. Well, and it was right across the street from the Jameson Brewery or yes. Distillery. Yeah. And so it was like Jameson, and then right across the street was the Lighthouse yeah. Theater, and it's like three floors, and it's all Art Deco. Yeah. And yeah it was really it's like neat. A, a gallery, really. Yeah, it, it really looked like, looked like a gallery. gallery. Yeah. And the theater itself is beautiful. I mean, the Savoy where we saw the Hail Caesar film was huge and also yeah. a beautiful theater. It was in, in its own right. It but wasn't it in the more greatest part of traditional. town. Traditional. Well that part of town I almost liken it to uh I don't know what I'd liken it to. Well it's sort of touristy but it's a little scuzzy. You yeah. Know I mean? Well you walk a few blocks and you're in Temple Bar, which is where super touristy super story yeah. but cool part of Dublin. Real cool. Oh god, I gotta say I love Dublin. Yeah, no Dublin was great. The initial reaction of like the shit weather and stuff, we were like, Oh, this is not very cool. But then yeah. like we spend what four nights there, three, three, yeah, four, nights, four there, nights, and I left like loving it. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'd go back there again actually and get more of the nightlife in. We were too sick to really party. I know, but I, I totally go back to Dublin. Hell yeah! And we should say, uh, Killian Cillian Murphy was at the movie showing. Yeah. He, yeah, for High Rise. And it was like, oh shit, there's Cillian Murphy, Killian Murphy. Yeah. Which is awesome. That dude's badass. Well, and a couple things on that. We have uh, Ben Wheatley, the director of High Rise's Q&A after is uh, on our SoundCloud. Go to our website. You yeah, you can, can click listen on to, to that. that if you want. You know? And uh, um, also, our probably favorite thing, maybe I know your favorite thing you've ever done, but one of our favorite things we've ever done on a trip is the Guinness Storehouse, which we've done. We have a full two hours of the tour we taped as a podcast. Private so tour. Look for that. With yeah. our own tour guide. Ryan. Aaron. Aaron. Oh my God. 
Sorry, Dude, Aaron. not cool. <laughs> Aaron treated us so he well. He was so uh, amazing. We love him. Yeah. Well, we uh, yeah. I mean, just the treatment we got and the experience and the design. It's it was it's named Europe's greatest tourist. It's the attraction. number one tourist attraction in Europe. And think about what that means. That's it's more people go visit that. Than the Eiffel Tower, or it's like higher rated, or whatever. No, yeah. it's more people. More it's people. by people. It's incredible. Yeah. Well, we should. He said they got six thousand five hundred people on that Saturday. Yeah. We went Monday and it was fucking dead. Yeah. Which was great. Which was so cool because we got there before it opened because they wanted to start the tour before they opened the line to right. other people. And when we got into like the waiting area, like the stanchions, it looked like a line for Disneyland. And we were like, "Does this yeah. ever get full?" He's like, "Man, it gets so full that there's literally a line going out the door and down the street." Yeah. Yeah. And he said that. And like you said, when you asked uh, like the hotel, like, oh, just look for the line. Like, said, look for the queue. Yeah. You know? And like, luckily for us, there was no line. Not yet. But then when we were done. As we were leaving, it got it a little got busy. busy. It at got the top, busy. At the bar at the top. But it wasn't that busy. True. It wasn't like sh- shoulder to shoulder trying to get your beer in. Because yeah. at the end of the tour, you have a ticket, you get a free beer. But we were getting free beer left, right, and center from this guy, from Aaron. He was hooking it up. Like we did, they do, uh, they have a private connoisseur's bar where they only take 16 people in a day or a yeah. time. And that's what he does mostly. Yeah. He's, it's like he's in, like an educator. Well, he's been there for five years. Yep. He was super professional. He's studying chemical science because he wants to be a brewmaster. He has a brewmaster certificate. Yeah, chemical engineering, chemical science, or something like that. So he can learn more about the brewing process. Yeah. And like the pasteurization of yeast and hops and the addition of barley and how they, they roast the barley before and they get the right caramelization in the mm. beer, which gives Guinness that color. Like the dude was thorough. Yeah. And the water they use is from this, like the same well that Arthur Guinness used 250 years ago. Yeah. You know, so it's like they, and they they give so much back to the city of Dublin. It's an institution. Oh yeah, the Guinness family, and not only Arthur Guinness himself was really kind of like a Henry Ford. He, he was, was a pioneer, a Henry Ford. visionary. And we should say their family is kind of like a Rockefeller or a Rothschild. Yeah. Of, they're like super philanthropic. Yep. They're one, like one of the oldest families. There's seven generations of Guinness and they're still involved yeah. in the brewery or in the operations. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's an incredible institution yeah. of Ireland. And we should say Guinness is fucking everywhere. Every yes. single pub has it on tap, two taps yep. from Doolin to Dublin. You know what I mean? It's, and it's not a joke. Like, it's not some, like, fucking cornball, oh, yeah, well, you guys must drink Guinness. It's like, they drink it, they take it seriously, well, they, they love it. they teach you how to pour. A pint, they teach you how to pour the perfect pint. We yeah. got to do that, we walk We got through. certificates. Yeah, they give you a certificate <laughs> after. It's kind of like a jokey thing. Yeah. But it's, you know, but it's not. Like, they're showing you the proper way to pour the yeah. Guinness. And it, there's a method to it. And oh, yeah. To get it to sit f- sit right and... and uh you know, let it like rest and let the head rest before you fill it up to the top. Yeah, and there should be a right amount of dome head dome uh, head. You know, of the head right above the glass. I mean, you can't spill it though. I spilled and, it. Yeah, you spilled it. Well, the first you one you like again. the first you did one that was just like so. <laughs> off. I know. And he was like, let's try, try that again because well, you were like holding it and then you like didn't release it and then it overflowed everywhere. It was hilarious. <laughs> and then you pushed it back but pushed it too far so it kept pouring. Well, you don't you drink beer at all. I don't yeah. drink it at all. But I will say that I did have Guinness while I was there, and I was really impressed by it. And just the the but the Guinness storefront is it's like a modern art museum. It's I mean, incredible. the exhibits are incredible, and also they take you, you. You feel like you're in like Wonka, like you're in it's the, like tr- a, the char- 
adult chocolate factory. Well, I made that reference. Like, I feel like Augustus Gloop, and there's going to be this like Guinness waterfall. Like, yeah, because that's what it felt like. Yeah, and the way it's like four floors, and it's all circular, like the Guggenheim. Like, yeah, it's these four circular floors, and the very top is the thing they call the gravity bar, where you get where you finish the chore with a pint of Guinness. Yep. Um, and it's all 360. Uh, what's the what's the world like Degrees panoramic? Around, yeah. of glass, so you can see the entire city from the top, and it's like one like of the, the end of Willy, Willy Wonka. Wonka for God's sake! And you go up in an, a lift, an elevator. You and can walk you, up to yeah, but, but yeah. You, when we went up in the lift, and you're seeing that you're looking around panoramic view, and we're like, oh my God, we're literally in that movie. But it it's was beer. so cool with beer, delicious, delicious beer. Yeah, and when we, t- <laughs> <laughs> and when we went to the the connoisseur bar, they have these four sort of like specialty Guinness beers, and like that was nice, and it can only house sixteen people, and it's all like these all these old like hundred year old books. It's like a little library bar. Yeah. And there's a 200 year old grandfather clock that was owned by one of the Guinnesses. Yeah. It's like they, and there's a lock. It's like a key key code to get in and shit. And you have to like walk past this like one little display and it's behind that and you have to, it's like a little hidden away bar. You wouldn't even know it's there. No. Unless you paid the extra money. Super special. And by the way, the extra money is not that much. No, it's like 30 pounds or 30 30 euro. euro, which I don't know, is like with the, what it is now, it might have been like 30. Seven U.S. dollars, but we didn't pay. We got this on our tour, but yeah. it's if you're going over there, do it. It's like we didn't worth pay it. for any of it. We should also say they they we said you know we'd like to set up an interview and you know and they literally gave us the full tour on the house. Yeah, we did the full interview took all the stops they treated us so well thank so you so well. much you know thank you Guinness thank you Anya was her name Anya who, who's their press person yeah facilitated she was it wonderful she facilitated and then she picked Aaron, the perfect guy yeah she picked him to like be our tour guy and he was She's perfect smart, that girl. guy was so <laughs> smart like he didn't just know Guinness he knew beer yeah and he, knew, like, and he the history. pride in it like took so much pride in working for Guinness it really just sort of like radiated out of him like the minute you meet him and he's he just he's kind of a rock star that kid he was really impressive yeah well he's like he's going to school full time he's worked there for five years yeah he's like he, he wants to have his own i don't know be a brewmaster have his own brewery or have, you know represent he said he'd get to travel he traveled for Guinness. he went to new yeah. york and toronto for saint patrick's day he went to moscow he went yeah. like he's he, yeah he's a mover and a shaker yeah. he's like a young mover shaker very and personable very personal very sociable and very uh knowledgeable yeah and like well spoken, like he was handling it. I was really impressed by this guy. You so know? go to our website, heraldmodcast dot com. Shout out Aaron. Shout, shout out, out Aaron. Yes, and you. Shout out Guinness. There's a link to our podcast tour, and where you'll hear Aaron everything talk about everything. Oh, it's incredible. It's really worth listening to. It's a little on the long side, but. Yeah, it's a little on the long side, you know, but and if you ever go to Dublin, make that a, like your first stop or your last stop or whatever because yeah. it's it's more than worth it. Yep. You know, you really get to see so much. There's an incredible gift shop, like this huge sprawling gift shop with really not knick-knacky, tic-tacky stuff. Like it's really well-made, interesting clothes and, you know, you know, whatever gift yeah. shop stuff, but it's cool. I mean, especially like I drink Guinness anyway. You know yeah. what I mean? I drink it I drink it every you day do. if I could. You know? <laughs> and so like uh 
What was the name of the artist, cartoonist, who... And they, the, one of the very interesting things they did was they had some of the Guinness ads, and they sort of showing the back. brands. And you walk into this room, and you feel like you're at NAB trade show, where, like, with these giant monitors... Yeah, and screens and, and monitors and stuff. Showing some of their old ads, and there's also and this... print ads and... What's the guy's name? James Foley? James Gilroy. Gilroy. Or John Gilroy. I think it's James Gilroy. James Gilroy. Yeah. And it He's was cartoonist. his ex- cartoonist who really kind of boosted Guinness with his interesting well, cartoons. Well, there's a theme that is like a historical theme of like the zookeeper with the animals and each animal has his own like stealing his pint of Guinness kind mm-hmm. of thing. And so, and that's where the Guinness toucan came from. Yeah. Because that, that, that image of the toucan with the pint really took off because there's an ostrich there's a turtle there's mm-hmm. an elephant and they all have their own way of stealing the guinness from him yeah and they show that but there was the toucan for whatever reason because i asked him like what is the significance of the fucking toucan yeah, yeah. It's on all every guinness shirt and like i think no one thinks ireland and thinks toucan no you know what i mean he's like and uh, he, there's like a rhyme that goes why have one when two can two is two can be better or something like that it's like some little rhyme but he's just said that's like it just sort of resonated with the public back Mm. then because the toucan was such an exotic bird right it just sort of really stuck with people's mind and really got the brand out there yeah for whatever reason you know so i was like oh okay good enough for me i'll have it i'll have two then i'll have two two guinness it really there was some interesting exhibits in the james uh gilroy thing because there was you know i guess they did an ad with a fish on a bike. On a bike. And they had, these are all, like I'm saying, it's like a minor art gallery because these are, uh, I don't know what they're made out of, Fabergé. But they were like, like, no, plaster. they were like animatronic. Yeah, they were animatronic. Some of them were animatronic. Animatronic whistling clam they had. Yeah, they had the whistling clam. It was incredible. It was like a Muppet. Yeah. And the fish, there was a f- giant fish on a bike pedaling on a full-size bicycle, like a giant fish. And it was yeah. an animatronic device, like a Henson creation. And the tag was, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a, needs bike. a bike. Or fish could rides a bike. And yeah. that was their branding targeting women for Guinness. Yeah. And they had a whole bunch of different concepts of what worked. And it was all really smart stuff. Yeah. It's it just so neat. Even if you don't like beer, even if you don't like Guinness, it's not your favorite beer. It Because it, I've done the Heineken experience. Yeah. And that was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was great in its own right. But and it's, In Amsterdam. In Amsterdam. When we were in Amsterdam, we did the Heineken experience. And it's very similar, mm. you know, where you get the history and they have these little sort of, you know, tasting areas well like the tasting area in guinness they had these like water vapor cylinders with infused scents uh, like different little scents Mm -hmm. that are notes of guinness and you literally take a big handful of vapor Mm -hmm. and you put it up to your nose and mouth and you can kind of taste like oh this is like the nuttiness and this is the sweetness of the hops and this is the like smoky molassesy flavors of the roasted barley and like you're literally it's in this giant white room that looks like a lab like a science lab it looks like science fiction I kept saying it looked like Logan's Run it looked like something out of some kind of weird science fiction movie because it looks like dry ice is everywhere but it's like scented scented fog it's like the scented fog sniffing it in like my nose was so fucking clogged up I know and I had to blow my nose and then we do a sample and he tells you how to you know get the full but then you profile. go into another room for the sample which is kind of looks like this An art old library yeah with the paintings of the guinness ancestors and arthur guinness on the wall yeah and this step thing and then that thing from tutankhamen which is like the oh, oldest yeah. barley known from brewing beer or something like that it was in tut's king tut's tomb yeah and it was there and you could take a picture of yeah. it yeah <laughs> 
And like, because Arthur Guinness like helped fund the excavation of King Cut's tomb. Yeah. It's some like historical thing. That guy was a part of everything. He's really like a Renaissance man figure. He had twenty one kids. He had like you know, his, yeah. He fucking he got a law degree to like fight the the zoning. Well, we should say he spent he bought the property which is the same property in 17 whatever right. for a hundred pounds and he got the lease for nine thousand years <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so that like that Confidence. alone yeah and so they said he's like 200 and something years into a nine thousand <laughs> year lease which is all so funny that's awesome so is, they have the brilliant. lease on the ground. It's in like lucite, like a foot thick of lucite yeah. is the original, like, it looks like the freaking constitution. Yeah, it does. Yeah, with, his it does. Signature. with his signature, which is on every bottle and uh, glass and, you know, whatever can of Guinness. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a wonderful experience. Ireland altogether was an incredible experience. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, we spent a couple days in London as well, which is always lovely. Shout yeah, out it was London. cool to come back, go back to London. I hadn't been since I was a little kid, and I remember it. It was a lot of fun. It was, you know, but to go as an adult was just really cool. Yeah, we got a lot done in a short period of time. I was there attending the BVE London show at London Excel, and we saw some theater. We saw The Woman in Black. The Woman in Black and, you know... Uh, Soho Theater District or whatever it is, you know, is really yeah. neat. And the, the Woman in Black, it's a really scary, fun show. Yeah, and it's just two actors and the Woman in Black, and they do. It's completely <laughs> like different the than movie, the. It's different than the movie, different because the movie's a full story with many cast members. Yeah, and so it's really adapted for screen. But the play, the theater play, was adapted from a book, mm. and the way they adapted it for the stage is genius. Like, yeah, it's just two it guys with the minimal set dressing, but it, it's terrifying. Yeah, because you never know when the Woman in Black's gonna pop up next well so, plus we saw it with a group of about 50 hi- london 150 150 high schools london, london school girls, girls. <laughs> oh it's so funny because they were so chatty little I know. birds we were like oh no like they better not talk during the, the play and they had a couple chaperones but it was yeah. it ended up being really fun because it's like who better to watch a horror movie with than a bunch of like scared little they girls screamed all the time and they react and like oh that's boring or oh that's terrifying and like you know once it started and you got into it it was actually quite a bit of fun because it's the last thing you'd expect like because i saw the two buses pull up when we were outside i'm like oh no they're not here for this are they i was like and i had a headache and i was like oh no yeah it became actually quite a bit of fun yeah uh so and we also got to the tower of london which is tower of london and uh the buckingham palace and westminster abbey and london bridge big ben we yeah it was two days but we got a lot in covered a lot piccadilly circus piccadilly circus is a lot of fun yeah finally got out at night because we were better now like the end of the trip we get better (laughs) yeah by the end of the trip we everything was gravy yeah but it, uh, if you want to hear the uh, interviews, excerpts, our Guinness tour, all of that, uh, check our website out and you can go to our SoundCloud where you can listen to the other podcasts. Yeah, if you do please do. There's lots to hear outside of what we've just sort of glossed over. And then also check out, uh, we've got a whole bunch of movie reviews. Coming up. Yes. So One stay up, yeah. tuned for that. And Walking Dead. And the Oscars. And the Oscars. So there's lots to do. Lots to do. Lots, lots of new content. Lots we're talking about. And, uh, yeah, yes, yes. But that's it for our... So stay tuned. Overseas podcast. A broadcast. Ireland. Yep. Another one for the book. Yeah. So thanks, Maudie. Great fun. Join us again soon. And uh, good night and good luck. See you, jerks. See you later, jerks. Girl.